I hope that you will continue to pray for Dasha and her family for God's direction and leading and guidance in their family and their lives and also for the uh, refugee ministry. Those of you who are helping, thank you for uh, being the hands and feet of Jesus to so many people. The poet Robert Frost became good friends with a man by the name of Edward Thomas. They met in London in 1913, became best friends. Frost, the poet, always the encourager, and Thomas, who had battled with depression ever since college. Here's a picture of the two best friends. So many times, Frost and Thomas would take walks together in the Gloucestershire countryside of London and talk about life and just talk about things. They, they always dreamed of moving close to one another and raising their families together here in the U.S. Well, on one particular occasion, as Robert Frost and Edward Thomas are walking through the woods talking about life, they came to a fork in the road. And they decided, well, which path do we choose? Do we go to the right? Do we go to the left? And they talked about it for a moment, and and then they chose one direction and went on. But Edward Thomas kept thinking, "I, I wonder what was on the other path that we're missing. He talked about it for the rest of the journey. Robert Frost began to tease him about it. Well, whatever path you choose, you're going to sigh about what the other one has. Frost said. Not long after that, Frost and his family moved back to the U.S. to New Hampshire, and he was writing back and forth to his friend Edward Thomas, and one particular letter he wrote, he put in there a poem that he'd written, nothing, just the poem, that was all. And the name of the poem was, The Road Not Taken. He wrote it as a joke to make Thomas laugh, but He expected Thomas to write back and say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's real funny, you know, stop teasing. But instead, Thomas took the poem seriously. And he contemplated the path of his life. Rather than moving back to the U.S. to be close to Frost and his family, he decided it was best to take the road of enlisting in the military because World War I had just been declared Britain had declared war on Germany, and so Thomas enlisted. Soon after he went to France, he was killed. And Robert Frost raised Edward Thomas's son in New Hampshire. And the poem that he had sent Thomas as a joke became meaningful to Robert Frost. And he published The Road Not Taken in 1915, a tribute to his friend. And here's the first stanza. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. Sorry I could not travel both. And be one traveler, long I stood, and I looked down one as far as I could. We're now approaching midway through Matthew chapter 7. Jesus is now beginning to conclude the Sermon on the Mount. As preachers would say, he's starting to land the plane. Well, as he did, he started to pick up some threads that he had dropped earlier in the sermon and starts to tie them together. 
And in the passage this morning, he talks about the road not taken. Read with me in verse 12. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Now, on Sunday mornings, we're going through a sermon series entitled Exceed. Where we're going verse by verse through the Sermon on the Mount. And, and the reason we call it Exceed is because Jesus is telling his followers, those citizens of the kingdom, you are to be different. You are to live differently than everybody else. And many of the things you do, you are to exceed, go beyond what everybody else does. Chapter 7 opened two Sundays ago, and we talked about Jesus talking about do not judge hypocritically. He didn't say don't judge ever. He just says don't judge unjustly. Judging's fine, he said, because you have to know them by their fruits. Do not judge hypocritically, is what he was talking about. And then last Sunday, he, we saw where Jesus talked about Know who feeds you, ask and seek and knock, knowing you're going to the heart of somebody who loves you whenever you do that. And then today, he talks about the road not taken. So I want us to look at that closely, starting number one, verse 12, the road of conduct. The road not taken, first of all, the road of conduct. Look at verse 12. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do to them. Simple, right? It's not complicated. What he's saying is whatever you wish for someone to do to you is how you should treat them. That's, that's very simple. There's nothing complicated about it, but we don't do that. Instead, we kind of turn it around, and we, we kind of turn it around every man for himself, every woman for themselves. We kind of turn it around. I'm going to do what's best for me. I mean, after all, you've you got to make a profit. And, and after all, I mean, you've got to make sales, and yeah, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm taking advantage of somebody. Maybe he doesn't know as much, and maybe they could get it cheaper, but hey, that's how life goes, and that's how business works. Or, I, I'm not going to forgive. I'm going to withhold my forgiveness. But you would want someone to forgive you. And so what Jesus said here is revolutionary. I mean, on that hillside, he's talking to a group of Jews that go by laws. 613 laws. You do the law, you don't worry about anybody else. You do the law, you do what it says, you fulfill it. You don't worry about anybody else. And now he says, whatever you want people to do to you, you do to them. And the Jews' mouths must have dropped on the hillside that day. What? 
do to others in the same measure and in the same way, you want done to you. Put yourself in their shoes and do thusly. So, I look at it like this. I am to treat Dennis like I want Dennis to treat Greg. And I am to treat Michael like I want Michael to treat Greg. And I need to treat Dane like I want Dane to treat Greg. And I need to treat Carrie like I want Carrie to treat Greg. You get the point? You need to treat others like you want to be treated. So, if I obey this verse, I won't judge them unfairly. And I won't withhold forgiveness. And I won't lust after them. And I won't sue them. You see, everything Jesus talked about up to this point, I won't do if I treat them like I want them to treat me. This is very simple. And it's almost like Jesus raised the stakes. He looked at these Jews and he took them from just following rules, from just trying to be a good person, from just trying to avoid sinning, and he put a new ethic to it, an ethic that went from this to empathy. And he raised the stakes. It's not just about trying to be good and following rules. It's about honestly saying, how do I want to be treated by you and treat you that way? That, folks, was revolutionary. Listen to what Charles Spurgeon said about this verse. Quote, if everyone acted on this verse, if everybody in the world acted on this verse, there would be no wars there would be no slavery. There would be no swearing. There would be no striking. There would be no lying. There would be no robbery. There would be no crime. All would be justice, he said. What a kingdom, he said. That's right. The Roman emperor uh, from 222 A.D., almost 200 years after Jesus to 235 A.D., was a man by the name of Alexander Severus. You'll see a, a picture, a bust of him. He, about 200 years after Jesus, he was not a Christian, but he loved this verse. He loved what Jesus said, and he thought that was the one verse that would change the world. And he's kind of right if everybody did it. And he loved it so much that he put this verse in letters on the wall of his chamber in gold letters. So they started calling it the Roman Empire, the Golden Rule. We still call it that today. But I want you to notice the next phrase of verse 12. 
So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. Look at the last phrase. For this is the law and the prophets. What was Jesus saying? The law and the prophets was what the Jews called their Bible. It's the Old Testament. We call it Old Testament because we know it's a New Testament. They call it law and prophets. The law and the prophets, that's the Bible. So Jesus was saying the entire Bible is summed up in one sentence. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. 39 books, 613 laws, all summed up in one sentence. Wow. And the Jews probably on that hillside that day looked and said, what, that's our Bible? Well, that's blasphemy. Unless it's true. It is. That phrase, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, that phrase, and then this is the law and the prophets, that phrase takes us back to the beginning of the sermon in chapter 5, verse 17. So in 517, all the way to chapter 7, verse 12, this entire time, really most of the whole sermon, Jesus is unfolding for us Old Testament revelation. And six times he said, you have heard it said, but I say unto you. You have heard it said, but I say unto you. And now he summarizes all of that, and he brings it back to say in one sentence, every single law, every single command, one sentence, treat others. You won't be treated. So rather than covering every single law and every single possible scenario, he just summed it up and said, you, Jesus follower, are to be different. You're to treat others differently. Like you want to be treated. But if you were to do that, that's a road not very many people walk down. It would be a road not taken. But secondly, verses 3 and 4, I want you to notice the road to contrasts. Number two, the road of contrasts. Next, Jesus sets before every single human being contrasts. Two ways, two groups, two destinies. Two ways, the broad way and the narrow way. Two groups, the many and the few. And two destinies, destruction and life. And he sets before them these contrasts. He said in verse 13, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And, and there will be many on that road, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. So, folks, with this one statement, Jesus rejected universalism. Universalism, in case you don't know, is a popular teaching today. It's getting more and more popular. In fact, every year it grows in popularity among theologians. A while back, Pastor in Tulsa stood up on Sunday morning and said, Folks, I've been preaching to you wrong for all these years. I've been preaching that whenever you die, some go to heaven and some go to hell. 
And universalism teaches everybody eventually goes to heaven. You may have to work off some bad deeds and you may have to get things right. Even Hitler's going to heaven eventually. That's universalism. He stood one Sunday morning and said, I've been teaching you wrong. Universalism is biblical. And in this one statement, Jesus struck down universalism that everybody gets to go to heaven because he said narrow is the way that leads to life and broad is the road that leads to destruction and there will be many go that way and only a few find life but let's think about both of these roads for a moment the broad road wide I'll be honest it it has a lot to offer does on this broad road you become as you are you don't have to change you'll be accepted requires nothing it requires no morality it requires no commitment it requires no sacrifice I mean there's no resistance nobody's gonna be angry at you nobody's gonna be against you Everybody's going that way. Everybody's happy with you. They like you. On this broad road, there are no limitations. Believe what you want to believe. Live how you want to live. Be whatever gender you want to be. You just do you. Broad road. Nobody's going to judge you. This way is permissive. It's inclusive. It's universal. The broad road is progressive. It's tolerant. It's attractive. It's popular. Sin is tolerated and truth is moderated. And on this broad road, you'll find many gods just whichever one you want to believe in and on this road you'll find many belief systems so you just pick what suits you and you'll find a God there who has no standards who's all about love never judging and on this broad road there are few rules and few restrictions and few require requirements it's in fact you're gonna feel good about yourself really are and on this broad road there are a lot of people you're gonna see a ton of people I mean after all if everybody's going that right way everybody can't be wrong right so you're gonna see on this road you're gonna see whites and you're gonna see blacks and you're gonna see Jews and you're gonna see Gentiles and you're gonna see Hispanics and you're gonna see Asians and you're gonna see all kinds of people you're gonna see pagans and you're gonna see church members and you're going to see religionists, and you're going to see humanists, and you're going to see theists, and you're going to see atheists, and you're going to see Democrats, and you're going to see Republicans, because there's a lot of people on this road. That's a lot to offer. But there's one caveat. This road is leading to hell. 
but everybody's happy. By contrast, you have a narrow road. And this road is hard. It's difficult. It's demanding. And it's, it's not very attractive. In fact, this road's more like a path. And you have to make a commitment to get on it. And there are requirements. And there are sacrifices you have to make. And folks, it is exclusive. You've got to believe something. And you've got to believe the right thing. And you've got to do something. And you have to give up something. You have to give up a lot. In fact, you have to die. And on this narrow road, you have to realize it's not about you. And that's hard. And on this narrow road, there are limitations. There is absolute truth. And once you get on this road, you give up the right to believe what you want to believe. And you give up the right to live the way you want to live. And you give up the right to believe whatever gender you want to be that's up to somebody greater than you. And on that narrow road, sin is not tolerated. And you will not find many gods. You're only going to find one. And you're not going to find many beliefs and many ways. You're going to find one. It's going to be Jesus. And on that narrow road, you're going to be called names, folks. People aren't going to like you being on that road. And you're going to be hated. And you're going to make people so mad because you're not on that road. And on the narrow road, there are rules and there are requirements and restrictions. And there aren't many people. In fact, you may walk for a while, not see anybody, think you're the only one, and kind of get down about it. Like, this road's not popular, I'm telling you. This road's hard. But at the end of that road is heaven. Now, I want you to listen to what Jesus said, how you get on both of those roads. It's interesting. He said, how you get on the broad road is you enter it. And you'll see this, the, the word on the screen in Greek, it's a, the word erkamai with the prefix ice before it, and it means just to come out and come in and go, come out and go, very casual. Something very casual. You go out, you go in, you go out, you go in. Okay, it's very casual. Erkama is a common word, but it's a very casual word. You don't have to do much to get on the broad road. You just follow everybody else. Follow what they believe. Follow how they live. Follow what they value. You just follow what everybody else is believing. You believe it. And you get on the road. The on-ramp to the broad road, it's wide. You got a lot of elbow room. But Jesus said, 
concerning the narrow road, he didn't say you enter it. Did you notice what he said? He said you find it. You find it. The word for find, you'll see it on the screen, it's herisco. It, it means to come upon something, to learn something, to discover something. You see, there's nothing casual about the narrow road. You don't just happen upon the narrow road. You get on the narrow road very intentionally. You have to do a lot to get on it. You don't just follow everybody else and get on the narrow road because they're not going the narrow road. Only if you are. And it's narrow and it's exclusive because Jesus is the only way to get on the road. He said, I'm the gate, they told his disciples. It's really unpopular, but folks, it's the back alley of the back alley that leads to life. It's not the freeway that leads to life. So you enter just casually come and go on the broad road. But you find that narrow road. Look at a couple of word pictures here Jesus used. The word for broad and the road for leads. Word pictures leading away to your trial or imprisonment or execution. That's the word he used. The road that you're going, the broad road everybody's going, leads to your imprisonment and your death. But everybody's happy. Oh, we're happy about it. Hey, where are we going? I don't know, but boy, it's fun. Everybody's going this way, like a hook in your nose to drag you to destruction. And the word he uses for narrow. The narrow road is the word thelibo. It's a very common word in the New Testament. It, it's the word picture of a ship going through a strait with rocks on both sides, and it's a very narrow passage, and the ship barely squeezes through it. In fact, it's the, it's the Greek word to squeeze. It's also the Greek word for persecution. And Jesus said the road to find life is very narrow. A lot of elbow room over here, no elbow room over here. It is obstacle laden. It's hard. Do you know what the widest road in the world is? The widest one? It's in Texas. Sure, you should know that. Of course it's going to be in Texas. Everything's bigger and better here. It's it's in Houston. It's, it's west of Houston, the Katy Freeway, Interstate 10. Look at it. Here's a picture of it. 26 lanes. It's the widest road in the world. 26 lanes. Just east of Gessner Road there. It was, it was built in 2008. $2.8 billion. And every day, 219,000 cars get on Katy Freeway, 219,000 cars a day. Does it work? No. <laughs> no, if you get on that, you're going to have an increase of 30% getting to work and 55% getting home. 26 lanes, my goodness. 
the widest road in the world. Do you know what the most narrow road in the world is? You're saying no, but I think you're about to tell me. I am. <laughs> it's a road in Heitlingen, Germany. It's a road that was built in 1727, and the name of it is Spryhoff Strophy Street. I practiced that all week. <laughs> Spryhoff Strophy Street. And here's a picture of it. It's a road. It's not a path. It's not a back alley. It classifies technically as a road. It's 12 inches at the most narrow and 19 inches at the widest. One of the houses is leaning in from the 18th century, and so it's now less than 19 inches. Most children can get through there. Most adults can't. But that is the most narrow road in the world. Folks, don't miss this. Of those two, Jesus has called you to that narrow path. Can't take a lot of things with you. Travel light. It's hard to enter. But it's the right path. You as Christians are to be different. You don't go the big road. You don't go the Katy Freeway. You go the small German road because you're different. Now, what's interesting, Jesus said, followers of me, follow citizens of the kingdom, you're called to live a different way. You don't hear that preached a lot. A lot of times you hear preached, oh, just come to Jesus. Life's going to be wonderful. Man, I mean, you, us just wonderful. And it's not what our Lord said. It's going to be hard. But it's the way of life. By the way, the final stanza of Robert Frost's The Road Not Taken is this. I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverge in a wood, and I took the one less traveled, and that made all the difference. So, look at the picture again. The one on the left or the one on the right? Which is your road? The one less traveled makes all the difference. Father, I want to thank you today for your word and how you teach us what you've said to us. God, help us to hear it because we don't, we don't hear from our culture what you've said today. God, help us to follow the narrow path as difficult as it is. And God, help us to walk with you on that path even if we don't see anybody else there because it's few god it is my prayer that today those who are here who are on the wrong road the broad road they'll get off of it and they will find the narrow path in jesus they'll repent of their sins they'll realize jesus died on the cross to be the entrance to that road rose again powerfully and may today be the day they pray to receive Christ
as theirs. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand again.